Now, if you have your Bible with you this evening, we're going to turn to the book of Psalms. I'm going to turn to Psalm number 34. The book of Psalms and Psalm number 34. I'm going to commence our reading at the first verse. Beautiful Psalm. Uh, the title of this Psalm, it says, is a Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. The Word of God says, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no one to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, and that loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Amen. May God bless to us the public reading of his own inspired and his infallible word. We read this morning in the book of Chronicles about the conversion of King Uzziah, of whom it was said that he sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah the prophet who had understanding in the visions of God. And of course there are many, many, many conversions recorded in the Holy Scriptures. I remember as a young Christian, Pastor Willie Mullen was doing a series of meetings in the old Raven Hill Free Presbyterian Church and one night he preached on what he called sudden conversion. Sudden conversion. And he was speaking about uh, Saul of Tarsus breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the people of God. And on the road to Damascus, on his way to 
bring people bound back to Jerusalem, to put them into prison, maybe even to to torment them unto death. Suddenly God intervened in his life and there was a sudden conversion on the road to Damascus. You know, as I thought about that, my mind went over to that wonderful story in the book of Samuel when we read about the child Samuel and what we might call a a secret conversion in so many ways. There in the stillness of the night, the God of heaven spoke to the little lad Samuel, called him by his name. And you remember Samuel thought it was old Eli who was calling him. Then Eli realized it was the Lord calling him. And Eli says, you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And there a little child, even in the house of God, was converted to Christ. We read this morning about Uzziah, and I think about a sorrowful conversion, about a time when the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 6 and verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. When he lost the king, when he lost a dear friend, he says, I saw the Lord. Someone says that the dying thief, and they use the word in the the proper sense, he was scarcely saved. I don't mean that he was any less saved than anyone else, but there at the very end of his life, nailed to an old rugged cross, unable to do any good works, unable to join a church, unable to be baptized, unable to do anything but cry unto God. At the end of a life of crime and a life of sin and a life of wastefulness, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And at the eleventh hour, thank God, he was saved. I think of that dear woman in the Acts of the Apostles, a woman called Lydia, a seller of purple. And we could say, my, she was soundly saved. Uh, She heard the word of God. And the Bible says that the Lord opened her heart, opened her ears, opened her eyes uh, to receive the gospel. And no matter what way it is, where or when or how, salvation is a wonderful experience. The Bible says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Now we have read this wonderful psalm. It's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 34. It has been such a blessing to the people of God all down through the years. And in this psalm, David relates an experience in his life As I read to you the title of the psalm, it says where David changed his behavior before Abimelech. If you turn with me for a moment or two back to the the first book of Samuel, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 21, the Bible says in verse 10 of 1 Samuel 21, and David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and went to Achish, the king of Gath. 
Now, this name here in Psalm 34, it says he changed his behavior before Abimelech. It's the same one. It's the same person. Abimelech is like a, a, a title, just as the, the, the pharaohs had the title of Pharaoh or the Caesars had the, the title of Caesar. This was a, a revered title of the king. But you'll notice there in 1 Samuel 21 and in verse 12, it says, David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, king of Gath. What did he do? It says he changed his behavior in verse 13 before them. He feigned himself mad in their hands. He scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And if you read on into chapter 22 of 1 Samuel, it says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. So when David writes this Psalm 34, he's recalling and retelling that terrible experience that he had when foolishly he went down into the, the land of the Philistines and then he somehow or other became into the very uh, kingdom and, uh, and throne room, as it were, of Abimelech. And then he began to fear and so he, he played the madman. He acted as if he was mad until Achish says, well, get rid of him. I don't need a madman. Take him away. And he says, it was there that I escaped I escaped from the Philistines and escaped for my life and I got to the cave of Adullam. But in those circumstances in which David found himself, remember David is a child of God. David is a man after God's own heart. But in those circumstances, we see a beautiful picture of God's salvation. I want to think with you tonight very simply about the sure signs of salvation. You know, we read there in the first book of Samuel that David was sore afraid. Sore afraid. In verse 4 of this psalm, it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's hard to think about David, isn't it? Here's the, the shepherd boy who slew the lion and the bear. Here's the young man who went out and faced Goliath of Gath and killed the giant of the Philistines. But he was afraid. And we're living in an age when men and women, their hearts are failing them for fear. People are afraid for their family. People are afraid for their finances. People are afraid as they think about the future. People are afraid that they will fail. And so people are afraid of failing health and all these things. And David, he was afraid. And David pretended to be mad. And I'm sure when he reached that cave of Adullam, the cave became like a cathedral 
and as they would sing to celebrate his deliverance from his troubles. He says, I, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears as poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. People are worried about the troubles of life. For many years in this province we had what we called the troubles and there was murder and bloodshed and chaos and people were afraid of the troubles. But there are many, many other troubles in life. In fact, the book of Job in chapter 14, uh, the Bible reminds us that man that is born of a woman is a few days and then he is full of trouble. The scripture also reminds us that man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. If people think they get in this life and through this life without any trouble, they are certainly mistaken. And Christians, as we read here about you, Christians are not immune from trouble. And there's problems and there's difficulties. But as I said, if we think about David's circumstances in this problem that he had, we can see the sure signs of salvation. And what you notice, first of all, one of those signs is there must be a seeking sinner. A seeking sinner. The Bible says there in verse 4, I sought the Lord. Verse 6, this poor man cried. Look at verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. In verse 15, uh, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. Verse 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. And as you read down those scriptures, we are reminded even in verse 12, what man is he that desireth or longs for or seeks after or calls out for? We're reminded of a seeking sinner. We're reminded about men and women, the people who seek the Lord. Now I know tonight there are many people in this world and they look to the Christian church and they say, well, you know, there are too many hypocrites in the church. And sometimes we have to concede and say that may be true. But there are too many hypocrites in business. There are too many hypocrites in the lodge. There are too many hypocrites in the club. There are too many hypocrites in the sports and all sorts of things. And people try to use something like that to save them having to face up to the reality that they need to be saved. And the psalmist says here, I sought the Lord. We think of those words over there in the prophecy of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 1, the word of God says, Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. The Bible commands us here to seek the Lord. And those famous verses in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And we are encouraged to seek the Lord. To seek 
the Lord. Old W.P. Nicholson, the great old Ulster evangelist, he used to say the trouble is in Northern Ireland, he says there are people who pray our Father which art in heaven on Sunday. And then he says they're living and they're like orphans the rest of the week. God is not in their thoughts. It's just a religious formula. It's just a religious prayer. And so we realize here are people who seek the Lord. And you'll notice there's a, a passion with which we must seek the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. In the wonderful prophecy of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 29 and in verse 12 and 13, the Word of God says, Then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I've tried this Christianity. I stayed. I prayed. There's no change. There's nothing in my life. Listen, you've got to seek God. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to turn from sin. And you've got to seek him with your whole heart. There must be sincerity and there must be a forsaking of sin. <clears throat> Verse 12, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he might see good? Verse 14, Depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. When people seek the Lord with that passion, thank God they find peace with God through the blood of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonder tonight, dear friend, have you sought the Lord? As we asked this morning, have you sought the Lord? Are, are you a seeking sinner? Are you a seeking soul tonight? Are you seeking after peace with God? Do you want to know that reality of, therefore, Paul says, being justified by faith, we can have peace with God? I want to tell you something tonight. Wherever you find a seeking sinner, you will find a sympathizing Savior. That's the wonderful thing about the gospel. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you are rich or poor, whether you are Protestant or Catholic or Jew or Gentile or Hindu or whatever it might be. If a man or woman is seeking the Lord, he will find a sympathizing Savior. The old gospel hymn says, The great physician now is near the sympathizing Jesus. And the Bible says here in verse 4, once again, I sought the Lord, listen, and he heard me. He heard me. Verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Verse 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to walk on the water toward the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he, he felt the wind and he saw the waves and he took his eyes off the Savior and he began to sink down into the water and he cried, Lord, save me. The Lord heard him. 
The Lord heard him, and the Lord saved him. When the Philippian jailer cried out, What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Lord heard him. We have mentioned the dying thief. When he cried, Lord, remember me, the Lord heard him. And you'll notice not only does the Lord hear him, and you'll notice throughout this psalm are many times it speaks about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, because salvation is of the Lord, Jonah said. And the Lord heard him, but then you'll notice also in verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me. The Lord delivered him. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. There are people tonight and they need to be saved and they are seeking the Lord and they need to be delivered from their sins. They need to be delivered from habits of a lifetime. They need to be delivered from things that have been dragging them down and weighing them down and dragging them down that broad road that leads to a Christless eternity and a lost sinner's hell. They need to be delivered. And the only one who can deliver them is the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many programs there are many uh, things that are instigated by men, well-meaning people trying to help other people, but the one who can deliver a precious soul from their sin and who breaks the power of cancel sin and sets the prisoner free is Jesus Christ. He delivers them. And then I want you to notice, as it says there in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Verse 20 says, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. The Lord who hears, the Lord who delivers, is the Lord who keeps. The Apostle Peter talks about a beautiful inheritance that is in heaven. And it's reserved for who? For you, he says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. And again in verse uh, 22, it says there, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. The Lord hears, the Lord delivers, the Lord keeps, the Lord redeems we mentioned this morning, he buys us back from the slave market of sin. When Paul was writing to the Romans and talks about being justified, and talks about our debt being paid. When Paul wrote to, uh, uh, and spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances against us, that the Lord Jesus made peace with God through the blood of his cross. There were millions of slaves throughout the Roman Empire. And people knew exactly what he was talking about. When the Apostle Peter says, therefore we are not redeemed or bought back from the slave market of sin. We're not bought back by religion, by the vain tradition of our fathers. We're not bought back by silver or gold. We're only bought by the precious blood of Christ. And it says there in verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto all them that are of a broken heart and save us such as are of a contrite spirit. The Lord is near. The Lord who hears and delivers and keeps and redeems. My, he is near unto us. The word of God reminds us there in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. 
the Lord is near. Where there is a seeking sinner, thank God there is a sympathizing Savior. And as we have said so many times, the word Lord is mentioned in this passage of Scripture because salvation is of the Lord. And where you have a seeking sinner and he comes in contact with a sympathizing Savior, you have a satisfying salvation. Look what the Bible says there in verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Jeremiah the prophet wrote in his day that men and women had gone after broken cisterns. Broken cisterns. The old hymn writer paraphrases those words and he, he puts it like this. I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but ah, the waters failed. And even when I stooped to drink, they fled. They mocked me as I will. Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and there's life and there's lasting joy. Lord Jesus found in thee. And they've got a taste the provision that God has given to them. That's why the psalmist says there in Psalm 32 and verse 1 and 2, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. He had tasted of the real thing. I used to sing a gospel hymn, and one of the verses said in it, If I could climb the highest mountain, if this world and everything belong to me, I could never really find true satisfaction for the one who made it all says, trust in me. What would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We've got to taste the provision that God has made. We've got to trust the person of the Lord. It says there in verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a, a gospel hymn, seems to be very popular at the minute, and it says, God is good, and God is good all of the time. Not just some of the time, all of the time. God is good. And we've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And lean not unto our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. And when we do that, thank God, when we taste and see that the Lord is good and we trust in him, we will be triumphant in our testimony and our praise for God. My, the Bible says there, the angel of the Lord, he encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Many enemies, the world and the flesh and the devil would come against us, but when you put your trust in Christ, when you're born again of his spirit, cleansed in his blood, the old hymn writer says, he will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over her where the loved ones we shall meet. Can I just close by reminding you of a very wicked man in the Old Testament scriptures, a king, and as we said this morning, 
The Bible sums their lives up very succinctly. His name was Manasseh. And in 2 Chronicles 33 and verse 1, it says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And it goes on a whole catalogue of sins that he did, that he committed idolatry and immorality and how he caused even his own family and his people to turn away from the things of God. But he was brought bound into Babylon. And verse 12 says, When he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God. And he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought again to Jerusalem unto his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Oh, he could have sung that hymn if it had been written in his day. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus Come into my heart. That's why the apostle writes to the Hebrews in Hebrews 7 and 25. And he says, Wherefore, he is able to save to the very uttermost all them that come unto God by him. The old preacher used to say, He can save from the guttermost to the uttermost all who come unto him. A seeking sinner. Thank God coming face to face with the sympathizing Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, will find in their heart and in their life a satisfying salvation. Friend, do you have it tonight? Do you know Christ? Are you still searching? Are you still longing? Are you still hoping for something that will give you peace with God? Something that will uh, take away the guilt and the shame? Something that will help you along life's journey? What you're really looking for is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and men, the only Savior, the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Will you come tonight? Will you taste and see? Find out for yourself that the Lord is good, and he will bestow upon you that wonderful salvation, so rich, so full, and so free. Let's bow together, please, and we'll bring our meeting to a close and a word of prayer. Can I just say, I am your servant for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Someone in our meeting, you're concerned about the things of God about life and death and eternity and where your soul will be in God's eternity. You need to be saved. Then don't go away. Just tell us of your need. We'll be gladly show you from God's word, God's way of salvation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Seek the Lord while he may be found.